This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Ringgit and Sense on BFM 89.9, the business station. I'm Wong Xiaoning and this is Ringgit and Sense, the show all about personal finance. November 20th marked World Children's Day and today we're discussing how you can budget for a child. Because it's estimated that having one in Malaysia will cost you between 400,000 to 1 million ringgit from giving birth all the way to university fees. So really, how much does it cost to have a child today and how do we budget if we want to start a family? Joining me to discuss this is Adam Hedris, Director and Licensed Financial Planner of Wealth Vantage Advisory. Thank you for joining us, Idham. Now, our premise of the conversation is going to be the Balanjawan Ku Spending Guide by EPF because they give us an indication in terms of the minimum monthly budget for a married couple in the Klang Valley with no children. It would be around 4,600 ringgit. And then if you have one child, it goes up by at least 1,300 ringgit to 6,000. Thousand ringgit. Really, how accurate is this, and how much of an increase should people budget for each child? Because, of course, this is one child. What if you want to have more? I think the Blanjawan Co. they provide a useful baseline for budgeting. So, if you look at the actual Blanjawan Co., the actual increases comes from basically the food uh, in terms of the food costs yeah uh, and also the childcare costs i mean childcare costs is very expensive uh, nowadays so it's very much on the lifestyle choices that the parents make for their children mm. uh, location actually plays a very important part of the of the equation uh, as well as other things like childcare and healthcare uh, childcare options like nanny daycare for example, a husband and wife, let's say both are working, their childcare expenses is totally different from a, par- a set of parents that has only one person working, right? Mm. So for example, if the husband goes to work and the wife stays at home, then probably they, she can cover the childcare costs because she's staying at home taking care for the for the kids, right? So, so if you have one child, it's one thing. But as you mentioned, when you have multiple children, then that cost can immediately increase, especially with regards to childcare, because of course, they, they calculate on a per head basis, right? So I would say um, it's quite accurate for one child. Mm. But then once it starts to, once you have two or three children, I mean, the cost can just vary dramatically. Okay, so... Uh, for many times, preparing financially uh, for a child, I think for a young, especially young married couple, can seem very overwhelming at the beginning. So what advice are you going to give for people who want to start? And what's the first thing they need to do when they look at their budgets? I, I think the first thing is always understand their current financial standing because realistically, you want to consider whether it is possible to have children with your current uh, financial situation, mm. right? Uh, so understand the current financial standing is always the first step. Yeah? Creating the detailed budget. Now, what are you spending? Can you afford the sudden increase? You you can imagine just now when we were looking at the Blanjawan coup, we're talking about from 4,006 to 6,000. So that's immediate increase of 1,400 ringgit. So, so is it possible that you have this surplus in the first place? This mm-hmm. 1,400 ringgit surplus? So having that current understanding of your existing financial situation is important. So right? being honest and about the, yourself, being honest to yourself. Yeah, yes. And then after that, you have to, you know, 
try to look at uh, the potential new expenses coming in with having a child, you know, like um, uh, the the baby gear, you know, ongoing costs like child childcare, healthcare, education, daily living expenses. And then after that, you know, which part of your budget that you can adjust if you do need to to mm. build up the budget. That is actually the first step that you do need to uh, to make. And I suppose having that conversation with your partner is critical, right? In terms of the commitment required from each, not only just in terms of time, but also financial resources. And that you decide, okay, each party is going to spend X amount of money so that there's no mixed messaging or later on any com- you know arguments over this. Yeah, I mean, and, and this is where when when you do ha- kind of do this kind of calculation, you know, there, there there are instances where I've met couples who immediately decided that the other person might not ne- need even to work, mm. right? Because of their income might not, I wouldn't say not important, but the the trade offs, you know, by not working is is much more. Uh, they will have more surplus, or at least it will uh, uh, help to handle those childcare expenses, you know, because for example, if you have a couple that is maybe earning 10,000 household income, right? Uh, but the bulk of it is maybe coming from the husband, uh, six or 7,000. And then the wife is uh, maybe earning uh, two to 3,000. I mean, this is quite common actually. Mm. And then you, when you start to factor in the childcare expenses, you have the uh, daycare, which might cost uh, six to 800 ringgit. And then, you you need to consider having another car because of um, uh, two person working at two different places, right? Uh, and then all the expenses they need to incur on a daily basis because they're working. <laughs> Taking all that away is sometimes more beneficial rather than having both uh, working at the same time. So I think it it uh, that conversation really needs to happen. Uh, when you're planning for 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 a family. Now, the other thing, of course, is parenting is a lifetime commitment. And cost, when it comes to a child, is not straight line, right? It does go up, uh, especially with the age of the child and, and at the child's different stages of his life or her life. So could you guide us through how do we prepare for this and what should we consider in terms of the expenses needed? The financial commitments actually evolves at this, as the child grows. I think that's the most important thing that people need to to remember. So you have, I think for the first like one to two years, this bulk of the expenses is, includes like the baby gear, you know, crepes, strollers, car seats. It's quite, there is a requirement nowadays. In fact, it, come, it can come to a point where you might need to change your vehicle, for example, right? Like previously, you might have a small car that can accommodate one child, two child. But then when you have a third child, suddenly you might need to get a bigger vehicle. So it can be expensive in this initial part, you know. And then after that, you have like uh, the things like, uh, 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 for example, the food costs, uh, formula, diapers, uh, pediatric visits, you know. So the first one or two years can be quite expensive. It, it can be very significant, in fact, infancy. But then you then you start to move to early childhood. And early childhood have that day, the daycare, early education, preschool, and then clothing expenses, recreational activities. And then as you go into the school, it continues to increase further child development, like sending to classes, swimming classes, uh, religious uh, classes, um, 
other things like uh, anything in Richmond uh, nowadays is yeah popular. extracurricular activities all this and then all this while and coming to adult uh, adolescence or the teenage years that's when you need to really like prepare for the tertiary education already yes so so uh, the financial commitment is very how to say uh, it very much depends on your expectation what kind of uh, uh, lifestyle that you want to give to your child and this is where it becomes very challenging because you're always balancing you know I think we're always balancing between the needs of our children and our own needs right and and I think for a lot of parents I think I would say most parents they will want to give the best yeah for sure for their children right and say oh yeah my child will get the best of everything but is it at the expense of other things Right? Is it at the expense where you 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 feel pressure and you feel stressed because maybe you you want to give the best and for what reason? Is it for your own satisfaction? Is it are you truly want to give the best to your children or can it be like because you're comparing with the Joneses? Uh, then that's another whole different story. But I would say throughout the uh, the the financial commitment for a parent starts out from their ch- child's infancy up to their ch- early childhood, school and teenage years, all the way to the young adulthood, you know, once they enter university. So it's a 21 or 23 years commitment. Some I, children I, never leave home. Yeah, I, and I remember, I think, one one of my friends who actually chose to not have children, right? And, and what they said was that uh, their expectation is that one child can cause as 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 expensive as a luxury car. The other thing is, of course, there's always going to be unexpected bills or expenses when it comes to children. And of course, in Ringgit and Sense, we emphasize having this emergency fund. So how much should I put aside when I have children for this? And what could some of these emergency expenses be like? I think the general rule for any emergency fund is just to cover like six months worth of expenses, right? I think that's the the general uh, rule. But when you start to have children, it might be prudent to extend it a little bit, not mm. six months, maybe 12 months, right? And this, because children have uh, additional layers of uh, financial uncertainty, you know, like potential medical emergencies. Uh, sometimes they have um, additional educational expenses that you did not uh, budget for and, and other childcare needs. So, so I think um, by by making sure that you actually have a extended amount uh, would ensure that you have sufficient financial security in case anything happens. So for example, like uh, like a job loss mm. or a income reduction. Yeah, I mean this happened during the pandemic. Remember? Yes. So 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 it's not just enough to ensure that you're able to cover for yourself, but now you continuously need to cover for your children as well. Uh, for their so that for example their education fees are uh, are paid for their daycare or nanny fees are paid for um, so so having that uh, emergency fund while when you're having children is far far more crucial compared to when if you're single or you know not if you don't have any children Ilham, should we consider any form of insurance when it comes to children um well when we're talking about insurance for for children, the most important thing is actually medical insurance, mm. right? Because uh, children, it, there can be unexpected uh, healthcare costs. Um, so 
So medical is number one. So I, I, because sometimes I see that some parents, they want to take like life insurance for their children. To be honest, life insurance is actually not that important because we consider life insurance is only if you're, de- uh, if you're providing for something, right? Or, or someone is, right? it, yeah, de- someone is depending on you, right? So a, a child is not necessarily um, providing for anyone. So, uh, so in the case of them, um, uh, you know, passing away or things like that, uh, having that life insurance is not that important. But medical is so, so important. Uh, critical illness uh, might be important, right? But again, uh, you know, if you look at the studies, it's actually very rare to have somebody, uh, a child with very, very major critical illness, even in the first five or 10 years. I mean, it can happen, of course, right? But uh, I would say life and critical insurance is in lower priority compared to a medical insurance. And then there's another part, which is the education insurance. Now, education insurance is uh, something that is quite interesting because we do have a tax relief uh, uh, line item for mm. education insurance, right? Uh, so I would say if you haven't fulfilled that yet, I guess it's fine, but I would say the priority would be medical insurance first uh, and then the rest. Yeah, so that that's how I, I would look at it. I've been speaking to Idam Hidris, Director and Licensed Financial Planner, Wealth Vantage Advisory. We'll be taking a short break for some messages. Don't go anywhere. BFM 89.9. Ringgit and Sense on BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, welcome back. You're tuned in to Ringgit and Sense. I'm Wong Shaoning. Today, we are discussing budgeting for a child. Joining me to discuss this is Idam Idris, Director and Licensed Financial Planner from Wealth Vantage Advisory. Idam, earlier on, you mentioned education insurance. I want to build on that, right? And child's education is probably one of the heftiest bills you're going to have to pay as a parent, especially higher education. So estimates put the average total cost to be around 63300 all the way to 370000 ringgit to get an undergraduate degree in Malaysia, including living costs. And this is if you choose to study here in this country. So how early should parents prepare for saving for their child's education? And how much of the family budget should really go into this? Easy to say, you know, start as early as possible. And I think for for children's education in Malaysia, a lot of parents might think that education cost is not that high, right? Uh, With the understanding that maybe, oh, maybe my child can go to a public university, for example, right? But uh, living costs... Uh, during tertiary education is uh, actually can be very expensive. Uh, they're living outside of the house, so you suddenly need to contribute money to that. It's not just the, the fees that, uh, that you are paying for. Um, but I think another part is a lot of parents underestimate the competitiveness of the current education system, especially when going to for tertiary education. So even for public university. So I think that's that's something that a lot of people did not realize that there's a lot of expenses that come into that. You know, I am I'm in a good position to to share because I have two sons that just entered university. Congratulations! Uh, <laughs> on the same year. Oh, on the same year! Ouch! Painful, right, for your wallet. Correct. Yeah. So so I uh, even even I as a financial planner did not realize that there was a lot of uh, initial expenses you know just entering university and this is why you can see that the you know there's a lot of news that came out 
recently saying that you know after SPM, a lot of people did not pursue higher education because it is a costly affair. It is very expensive, honestly. So ideally, start as early as possible and and have the right expectation in terms of what you want or where you want to your child to go. Like some people want to save for uh, to send their child overseas. And of course, that's a much, much higher commitment compared to sending your children uh, locally. Mm. And also I wanted to add, especially with tertiary education, um, a lot of parents like that right now, they want to send their children to private education, like private school, mm. right? But when you go to private school, they also have a private school system, like maybe a different standard. For example, not the national curriculum, national education curriculum, but for example, like something called IGCSEs or things like that. And and they have to realize that if their child goes into this, what we call the international track or the private track, once they enter the tertiary education, they need to qualify using that track as well. Like they, if, let's say they don't take SPM. Mm. And they want to, and, and and then they don't have sufficient funding to send their child to overseas, because not enough funds. They cannot send for children education uh, in the overseas, but they so they have to opt for local. But because their child all this while have been going through the international track, suddenly they are treated as an international student here in Malaysia. Oh, okay. <laughs> so they're in a bit of a quandary. Yeah, yeah. And it and, costs and more it, money. It, it, it costs you. Like an international student mm. coming outside Malaysia, coming to study in Malaysia, in Malaysia's universities, you are also treated the same way because your education system that you have chosen for your child for the past 12 years. Okay. So how do you build that nest egg? How do you start actually? Should you? Is this where investment has a role to play? Of course, because you have a longer time horizon, it's better to invest the money. Right, and and because the long this eighteen years or twenty years that you have, if you start as early as possible, as early as infancy, for example, then you have a a greater runway, a longer runway, and when you have a more aggressive uh, investments, ideally that would translate to higher returns, right? And at the same time, you won't need to save as much because if you, of course, if you're considering if you're only starting to save like three or four years before your child entering tertiary education versus, you know, 18 years prior, of course, you will need to save much, much less. So investing is very important. Uh, I Understanding the goal that you want to achieve, whether it's uh, higher education overseas or local private uh, education, local public education, and, the, and how much is that amount? Mm-hmm. Understanding, you know, because uh, a lot of people still underestimate like they would think like oh okay i want to send my child to the us for example and and uh and when i ask the question like oh um i think it's going to cost like 4 or 500,000 no it is nowadays is 1.2 to 1.3 million for uh, education in us and and we even budget like for example for education uh cost increase it can be as high as 6 to 7%. So can you imagine if you just save money and the return is only about 1 to 2% and you're considering education inflation at 6% you're not even in the same you're not even trying to match that you know. Yeah. So I think it's very important at least looking at at potential returns of 5 6 7% just to keep pace with education inflation. What are some of the tax relief initiatives for parents to take advantage of actually currently that the government actually does provide? 
when you look at the tax relief, almost half of it is childcare related. <laughs> so for people with no children, um, they can feel like very disadvantaged, uh, especially when talking about the tax relief. Because tax relief for children, uh, like I mentioned, does make make up the bulk of uh, when you consider the, the yearly tax relief. So you have, for example, the education medical insurance, like I mentioned just now. There's things like breastfeeding uh, tax relief, like breastfeeding equipment. Uh, a lot of lifestyle-related expenses uh, includes the child as well, like buying gadgets and things like that. Uh, disabled children, disabled med- uh, 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 expenses, like mm. um, medical costs related to disability covers the child. Um, education um, spending, like for... Um, uh, d- like, for example, during A-levels or during tertiary education, uh, immediate tax relief as well. Mm. Um, having a child is a tax re- <laughs> uh, has a tax relief line item. So, so it can add up a lot. You know, we're talking about in the region of uh, 20, 30,000 worth mm. of tax relief just for having a child. And finally, how important is it to talk about money with your children? Does financial literacy begin at home? When, when talking about financial literacy for children, I feel like it's not about talking, mm. right? I think action speaks louder than words with children. So so there's certain things that I do kind of... Uh, I'm, I'm a bit concerned when, when looking at how uh, they discuss or maybe demonstrate uh, spending money with their child. For example, like if the child goes to a... Uh, store, toy store, and then they want to uh, buy something, right? But the parent, like, have they have no capacity to say no to their children. So it's it's a matter of um, getting the uh, child to understand immediate gratification versus delayed gratification, mm. right? And that's what financial uh, planning is all about, is... Uh, knowing when to wait to spend for something because you're always trying to balance out the wants versus the needs yeah right so for a child they don't they don't know that right because they 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 need something they want something they'll just ask the parent and if the parents say yes you can have it yes you can have it then they they start to give money give money give money it does send a wrong message to the child to the point that they feel that they can just get anything if, if i if i just ask for it right and they don't understand the financial implications behind that Mm. Uh, so, so I think that's the the big part of the financial literacy. It's not just it's not like oh here take your allowance, save one ringgit a day uh, versus uh, f- from what you are spending on your on your uh, school allowance or things like that. That's fine. That's like um, a higher level. But I think I- teaching the immediate gratification versus delayed gratification is a very very big part, and that needs to start from very very young. That's all the time we have for Ringgit and Sense. I've been speaking to Idam Idris, Director and Licensed Financial Planner from Wealth Vantage Advisory. Join us next week for more discussions on personal finance. We have the 10 a.m. News Bulletin coming up next, followed by Enterprise. I'm Wong Shaoning from The Morning Run, BFM 89.9. Ringgit and Sense on BFM 89.9, the business station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.